serving the great state of Montana. From the peaks of the Beartooths to the banks of the Clark Fork River, this is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. All right, random start. Random start here for the uh, Monday morning, 6 o'clock hour of this show here. A couple Fox News headlines. I'm, I'm trying to organize my show prep, organize my stack of stuff here. I know it doesn't look organized if you're in our studio, but there there is some semblance of organization. At least, at least I know why I put things where I put things. Uh, but I, I'm putting these uh, Fox News radio stories off to the side, sound bites, stories, things that we can grab as your Fox News affiliate here, 1450 KMMS Bozeman, 970 KBUL Billings. But a couple of headlines that I just uh, put, in, put in the stack here. Biden skipping the New Hampshire primary. Voters in the Granite State head to the polls tomorrow. But one major party candidate won't even be on the ballot uh, because democracy democracy and he's not even taking part in the new hampshire primary uh i just found that uh story hysterical uh, another random story i found pretty interesting here there's an indian temple controversy in india uh controversial religious move by india's prime minister he's opened a hindu temple on the site of a raised mosque very controversial Getting uh, international news. Why is this a big controversy worthy of worldwide news attention uh, when a, a Hindu temple gets built on the site where a mosque had been uh, demolished? Um, how many times have Muslim countries or Muslim extremists torn down Buddhist uh, statues, uh, wiped out Christians, wiped out Jews or their or their synagogues, or, or their churches, and then put mosques in their place. Doesn't get the big international controversy and attention. Well, the, the Buddhist thing in, in Afghanistan did for a little while. But uh, anyway, I, I thought that was kind of my quick reaction on that story. Um, then another uh, a really interesting one here. In fact, I should, I should get to this story because I've, I've been seeing a number of headlines about Denver and how Denver, which is only, what, seven, eight hour drive from from say billings montana depending on the traffic now i don't know i haven't been there in a while it's gotten to be such a mess down there but uh, the denver hospitals uh, apparently are getting overrun by illegal aliens and you know they've been spending millions and millions of dollars uh, supporting illegal aliens and the transient population down there as well uh and so we've talked a lot about new york city and and the problems they're having uh with their sanctuary city policies chicago same deal but hey uh, you know our 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 used to be friends to the south down in the city of denver are getting completely overrun by their sanctuary style policies as well so i i need to play that story for you here uh, at some point this morning uh let's see oh my timer computer shut off on me for some reason so i'm gonna have to go off of memory here for a second here as we hit the break or i'll probably end up talking over the top of it uh let's see um yeah another oh i've also got some app messages that came in over the weekend what have what have montanans been thinking about over the weekend i'll share those montana talks app messages right after this quick news and weather break for you and busy week. We're going to be at the SHOT Show Wednesday through Friday. So uh, so we'll try to free up at least a little bit of time for open phones today. Here is your Montana news. A suspect in pursuit in Broadwater County seemed to have committed suicide by cop car. This occurred last Thursday on Highway 287 and 12. The chase began with Montana Highway Patrol at 3 in the afternoon 
with a suspect driving southbound on the highway. A deputy with Broadwater County saw the suspect's car speeding towards him, so flipped on his lights. But instead of slowing or avoiding, the driver in pursuit turned towards the deputy, striking the police car head on. Color 8 reports the deputy exited his car under his own power. He was taken to the hospital with minor injuries and later released. The suspect had died at the scene. Some loud conflict and roundup was punctuated with gunshots. The Wednesday evening gunfire happened at the corner of 2nd Street West and 5th Avenue West. Color 8 reports that two rounds were fired with a photo of a white pickup peppered with shot. That's the Montana News Minute. I'm Travis Lee. Here's a look at your real weather for Billings and Bozeman. We'll see breaks of sun and some cloud cover around the area today as temperatures will top off in the upper 30s around 40 in Bozeman to the mid-40s in the Billings area. For tonight, partly to mostly cloudy, some areas of fog possible overnight. Low temperatures from around the mid-20s. And then for Tuesday, we can expect mostly cloudy skies with high temperatures in the upper 30s in Bozeman, mid-40s in Billings. This is weatherology meteorologist Paul Trombley. Three days of coverage live from the SHOT Show in Las Vegas, the world's biggest gun and outdoor gear show. We're going to be there once again with Montana Talks. We're going to be catching up with all sorts of Montana businesses that are down there at the SHOT Show, gun companies, outdoor gear companies, and more. Plus, it's kind of a who's who of military, law enforcement, and politics, so you never know who we're going to run into. That's coming up on the week ahead. Montana Talks in studio Monday, Tuesday, and then three days live from Vegas in the SHOT Show. Taking your calls live, 406-294-097. This is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. All right, let's see what messages came in over the weekend. First one, I think this one came in before the weekend, but for some reason I didn't get to it. So Lori and Billings, thanks for sending us this message. Apologize, it took me a little while to get to it on the air here at least. We, we talked a lot about on Freedom Friday with our friend George Blackard about these uh, crazy uh, books that these, uh, are, are they crazy librarians, keep putting on school bookshelves. You know, the Laurel School Board voted to remove some of these books, uh, age-appropriate restrictions, etc. cetera. Uh, the Billings School Board, actually, I think the meeting is tonight, right? The Billings School Board has a meeting uh, to look at some of these books. One of them is called Assassination Classroom. That's the one that they're looking at in Billings in particular, assassination classroom and if you missed the story on our montana talks website you can actually see uh certain pages you can see photographs of some of the pages in the book book that talks about you know assassinating teachers in classrooms and shooting up classrooms and uh, for some reason uh school librarians thought hey this is a great book for our schools for for underage kids laurie and billings says this have you noticed that if the school's wisely choose not to have these morally corrupt books it's okay but take them out and it's censorship but change original movies and books for political correctness and wokeness and that's okay they're hypocrites uh what about these librarians choosing these books scary that's what laurie and billings had to say yeah, that's a that's a good point. If if schools just make the right decision and don't purchase these books in the first place, there's no problem, right? Because you can't buy every book out there. I mean, 
I mean, eventually you have you only have so much space in these school libraries. You only have so much budget to purchase these books. So why are they choosing to buy these books? Why are they choosing to stock these books? But yeah, if schools made the right decision and just never bought them in the first place. There's no controversy. But some um, some uh, uh, you know agenda driven librarian decides to do it, and then and then they create the controversy. I, I think they're doing it deliberately uh, to 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 try to send a message to you the people that they control you, that they're the ones in charge of your kids, not you. And I think that's exactly why they're doing it. George and I had a, a good conversation during Freedom Friday on Friday. If you missed it, uh, full audio on our Montana Talks app. Evan and Belt sent us this one. Let's see, what's the date today? Okay, this was earlier this morning uh, here. Evan and Belt saw an interesting report over the weekend on Fox saying that there were thousands of military-aged Chinese males that came across the border last year. That's right. Later, I heard that the Chinese had given $130 million to the Penn Biden Center, with $26 million of that coming last year. Now, Evan, right again. Yeah, I heard a story over the weekend as well. Thanks for the reminder on that from Fox News, where... You know, we, we know about the money coming from the communist Chinese into the Biden family and to the Penn Biden Center. It's at the University of Pennsylvania, right, if I'm not mistaken, or, or is it Penn State? Anyway, uh, wherever this uh, uh, worthless Penn Biden Center is located, the Chinese have found it very worthwhile to be pumping millions of dollars into that outfit to uh, to buddy up to the soft on China Biden administration. And so anyway, Evan and Belt says this. I'm no doomsday theorist, but it makes me wonder if the Chinese could be funneling this money to these Chinese males underground for some future attack on our country. Uh, that was from Evan and Belt. Uh, meanwhile, Kelly in Glasgow messaged us yesterday afternoon when the big news came in in the presidential race. Wow, old Ronnie, not your grandpa. See, Kelly knew my grandpa Ron at the, uh, the Glasgow Courier back in the day. Old Ronnie suspends his presidential run. Haley, no dice. Uh, that's what Kelly in Glasgow had to say. Uh, Maria in Bozeman, she must have seen one of the two new stories that I put on our Montana Talks website last night that you can see uh, front and center this morning. Uh, I shared a headline. Florida Congressman Matt Gates coming back to Bozeman, Montana. Uh, to campaign for Montana Congressman Matt Rosendale, who currently sits in the Eastern District uh, in Congress uh, for for the Congressional District for Montana. Anyway, Maria in Bozeman says this: Gates coming to stump for Rosendale. That's enough to make me want to vote against Rosendale in a primary. So apparently, Maria is not a fan of Florida Congressman. Matt Gates. I know there's a lot of you who are big fans of, of Florida Congressman Matt Gates, but uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, the reaction to that. Uh, uh, let's see another headline that we've got for you on our Montana Talks website. You might disagree with this one. Uh, in fact, I think tomorrow John Jackson and I will have a good conversation about this. Senate Democrats will finally cave on the border. Now, you guys know me. I don't like to predict things too often, but but with this one. With this one, I I want to I want to make I want to go out on a limb. I want to make a prediction here. I, I want to predict that Senate Democrats are finally going to cave on border security. Uh, I, I posted this uh, you know commentary piece on our Montana Talks website, but don't buy their BS for a second. They created this crisis. They allowed this invasion. 
Democrat senators like John Tester allowed millions of illegals, drug cartel operatives, terror watch list individuals and others to pour into this country. So they don't get to just cut a deal now and then get away with it. And it's kind of kind of a continuation of the conversation that David Noble and I had uh, last Thursday as well, or, or maybe it was the Thursday before. He made a really good point, you know, that 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 oh yeah, here's what here's what Senate Democrats are going to do. They've allowed millions and millions, anywhere from seven to twelve million illegal aliens to flood into this country, and then right before the election, oh look, we've secured the border, we've got a border deal in place, now we can have border security. You know, until after the election, and then they'll open the floodgates once again. Uh, but don't let them get away with it. They need to be held accountable for the millions uh, that they've allowed to invade this country and the harm, uh, maybe permanent harm, they've they've caused. Securing America. Al-Assad Air Base in Iraq, where the bulk of U.S. forces in that country are stationed, was targeted Saturday by ballistic missiles and rockets launched by Iranian-backed militants in western Iraq. Deputy National Security Advisor John Feiner discussed the situation Sunday on ABC's This Week. It was a very serious attack uh, using a capability of ballistic missiles uh, that pose a genuine threat. Feiner adding, You can uh, be sure that we are taking this extremely seriously uh, and we'll have more to say about it soon. Houthi attacks on merchant ships in the Red Sea and American strikes against Houthi positions also continue. Feiner says the American effort to reduce the Iranian-backed Houthis' abilities will take patience. We are taking down, taking out uh, these stockpiles so that they will not be able to conduct as many attacks uh, over time. That will take uh, time to play out. President Biden said last week American strikes haven't totally stopped the Houthis yet, but that the strikes will continue. Kevin, you Fox News. Good morning, everybody. It's time for your Daybreak Egg Report. I'm Russell Nimitz, and thanks for being with us here on the Western Egg Network. Well, the American Farm Bureau Federation's annual convention is underway here in Salt Lake City, Utah. And Farm Bureau President Zippy Duval says that this year's theme, New Frontiers, celebrates the innovative spirit across agriculture as farmers and ranchers look to the future together. You truly can feel that frontier spirit out here in the West. I can just imagine the pioneers watching the sunset over those mountains out there, wondering what might be on the other side. Now, I'm sure they had doubts and fears along the way, but they worked together and persevered, and they made it. As farmers, I believe we have a little bit of that pioneer spirit in us, too. We're eager to see what's next and how we get there together. And Montana Farm Bureau President Cindy Johnson says that the convention still plays a very important role for all 50 states in Puerto Rico. Here is really where the rubber meets the road. This is where all of that grassroots policy is coming to the table. The delegate body on Tuesday will have those conversations about those proposed policies and take them into the American Farm Bureau policy book, if you will. And, and based on those policies, that's, those are the issues that we support. Those, are, those become our priority focuses. Now, this morning, we also want to congratulate Jacob Walter from Colorado, Todd Lackman from Montana, and Laura Holgram from Utah for advancing to the Sweet 16 during the Young Farmers and Ranchers Discussion Meet competition on Sunday. And we'll find out today who made the Final Four. Stay with us. We'll have more Ag News right after this. 
Cattlemen, it's bull buying time. Attend the Marcy Livestock 63rd Annual Bull and Female Sale January 25th at Gordon Livestock Market, Gordon, Nebraska. 90 fixed out Angus bulls sell plus 40 registered females. Our program is about quality maternal Angus with muscle and deep ribbed, easy fleshing cows. Fixed out thick beef bulls that are developed to work with good feet and docility. Sires include Marcy's Scale Crusher, Ballridge Flagstone, S. Wrangler, and other maternal bulls. Join us online at Northern Livestock Video or call 308-430-2005. We're excited to share that Northwest Farm Credit Services is now AgWest Farm Credit. AgWest is here to provide the financial services you need, a dedicated staff to understand your business, and a commitment to helping you grow your best future. It's how we've been serving farmers and ranchers for over 100 years. Grounded by tradition, inspired by possibility, Call or visit agwestfc.com. Equal opportunity provider and employer equal housing lender. Well, commodity organizations like the National Corn Growers Association are deeply disappointed in a recent decision out from the International Trade Commission. That's because the ITC has upheld an earlier opinion finding material injury to U.S. fertilizer companies during a time of rising on-farm fertilizer prices that, of course, went on to reach record highs. And finally this morning, even though the latest monthly cattle on feed report, which came out on Friday, showed on feed numbers 2% higher than just a month ago, cattle analysts say that even though total inventory is higher than a year ago, cattle on feed numbers fell 81,000 head from the previous report in December. And they say this is important as it's still the first time since August of last year that inventory levels have dropped from month to month. For the Western Egg Network, I'm Russell Nemitz. This is where Montana talks. Montana talks with Aaron Flint. Yeah, no, this will be a good conversation. Uh, John Jackson, the Joker from Twitter, he'll he'll of course be with us uh, tomorrow on Tuesday's show in the eight o'clock hour of the program. And and uh, I gave him the opportunity. I was like, hey man, if you wanna if you wanna take Tuesday off, uh, think, you know, and enjoy Vegas, since I think he's already down there. I said, hey, feel free because. You know, hey, you're going to be gracious enough to join us for Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday's show. Uh, yeah, it's going to be great having somebody to uh, sidekick with me down there because it's man, there's you got to sometimes you got to you know have the ability to go, hey, hey, Gorka, come on over to the show. But if I'm if I'm stuck in the chair for all four hours of the show, it's a little hard to go find people. It's a little hard to go to go, uh, you know, uh, you know, snag some of the, uh, the great guests uh, that we, that we can, uh, oftentimes run into while we're down there. So having that ability to, Hey John, why don't you take the microphone for a few minutes? I'm going to go track down uh, Sebastian Gorka or somebody like that. Uh, it's very key. Plus it, it'll just be a ton of fun because, you know, we get, when it's six o'clock in the morning, Montana time, it's five o'clock in the morning, Vegas time. So we're like the only guys in the convention hall, other than the security guarding all the guns overnight at the, the world's biggest gun show and so so we walked at you know we walked through the venetian casino floor and there's uh, still a few people there do 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 pressing the machines and usually there's some guy in a sport coat passed out on the railing uh, who had a little 
a little too late of a night and didn't make it all the way back. You know, and so, you know, we're walking through while the cleaning crews are coming in. And and so sometimes we're the only ones there for an hour or so. But we we just have such a great time uh, BSing and mixing it up. You know, he'll be like, hey, did you see this on Twitter? You see that? And uh, so makes for a fun conversation. And then, of course, as the SHOT Show starts filling up, we have some. Uh, some great folks that, that pop up uh, and join us on the program once uh, Radio Row and the Media Zone's in full effect. So that's what we got coming for you Wednesday through Friday. But anyway, um, uh, this is this is a story that I put on our Montana Talks website. I think that uh, – so Liberal Senator John Tester just, uh, just wrote an op-ed, a guest opinion column that got published by the Flathead Beacon. It, it's all about the southern border. You read this guest opinion column from John Tester, you would think that, man, Donald Trump or, or some other Republican had, had written this op-ed because the flip-flop, flat-top, fake moderate John Tester is at it once again pretending to be a moderate as we head into an election year. Now, I think John will, will slightly disagree. I think John will say, and he may be right, John will say that, no, Democrats will never cave on the southern border. It is too important to them. They, it is too important to them that they keep the floodgates open, that they keep the unfettered illegal invasion happening. So they will never shut the gates. They will never cave on border security. But I think they are, they are scared as heck, like Kamala Harris had to say, that, that they will, will cut a deal. They will finally cave on border security and on our southern border so that they can say, oh, look at what we did. Look at how great we are. Now, ignore the 7 to 12 million illegal aliens, drug cartel operatives, sex traffickers, human traffickers, criminals, terror watch list. Ignore all that. And, and no, you can't ignore that. You've got to hold them accountable for it. Deal or no deal. Fox News. I'm Chris Foster. The last day of campaigning before the New Hampshire primary, Governor Ron DeSantis is back in Florida, throwing in the towel and endorsing former President Trump over the other last major candidate standing, Nikki Haley. Look, he endorsed me. You know, he endorsed me. And I, we have policies very similar, actually. I think those people will all come to me. I think his supporters are up for grabs. Think about it. His supporters love America, and they wanted a new generational leader. Trump and Haley, they're both on Fox, and ice storm is hitting much of the middle of the country. This is going to impact travel and potentially cause power outages throughout the day. Heavy rain is big development for the south from Texas spreading across the lower Mississippi Valley, and we are expecting a big warm-up for the eastern half of the country. Welcome news for those who were impacted by sub-zero temperatures and wind chills over the last few weeks. Fox Chief Meteorologist Janice Dean. Most of the country will be warmer than usual by the end of the week. America's listening to Fox News. Hey, I mentioned we're going to be doing our show live from Las Vegas here later this week. But, man, we were just in on Main Street, Warden, Montana. And it was so cool. Every time I get out on the road, I'm, I'm amazed. I still get a chance to meet listeners and callers that I've never gotten to meet in person before. And in Warden, it was so great. A uh, gentleman came up. He said, hey, I'm Stephen Ballantyne. It was so cool to get to, to shake his hand and, and meet Stephen Ballantyne in person. Steve's on the phone lines right now. Steve, great to hear from you. Good morning, Aaron. Morning. Um, I'm going to put a little bit of a positive spin on uh, this is my thinking on, on Ron DeSantis. Okay, you know, you can guarantee that Ron has the – through the state of Florida, some of probably some of the best attorneys that money can buy. Okay, I would guarantee you that them attorneys are, you know, have spoken with uh, Governor DeSantis, 
If they would have known anything about Donald Trump being thrown in prison, they would have never let Ron back out of the race. Ron backed out of the race tells me that I'm sure there's nothing going to happen to uh, President Trump. That's my thinking. Oh, interesting. So you think that's why he ran? Yeah, because the, the general thinking would be that, that he just saw the writing on the wall, that, that Donald J. Trump is is clearly uh, the presumptive nominee. And I, I got to say, partly as much as I don't think uh, DeSantis should have run in the presidential race to begin with, I think he should have just hung back, continued to be one of the biggest supporters like Donald J. Trump, which is, you know, because th- the two of them to me were always a team. They were always that that team Florida, right? The Florida team fighting for freedom in America and against all this craziness. Um, so I wish he would have hung back. But 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 I got to say, I almost was wishing he would hold on through South Carolina. Um, mainly because, because, uh, you know, uh, then it gives the, the folks that don't want to vote for Trump, uh, two different options. Although I got to say, I think anybody that's voting for a, a Ron DeSantis, I don't see how they could vote for a Nikki Haley. Uh, I mean, to me, a Ron DeSantis is, is so similar to Trump. I think that was his biggest hurdle to begin with is that, is that most of us who like Trump also like Ron DeSantis, but but Trump is is the, is the guy, uh, right? And so you know DeSantis maybe down the road in twenty twenty eight, and so so I don't see how these uh, I don't see how anybody who was voting for Ron DeSantis does not continue voting for Trump, and of course DeSantis already endorsed Trump. Well, yeah, and like I said, you know we don't hear too much on the radio anymore about all the allegations against President Trump, but. Wouldn't you think though that if they if there was any hardcore evidence that they were probably going to throw him in prison, wouldn't you think that DeSantis would have been told, "Hey, stay in the race"? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, God, I don't, that's anybody's ballgame. I do think though that that Fannie Willis has put every single one of the uh, the phony, fake uh, indictments against Trump. On the Rocks. I know we got to see you at On the Rocks in Warden. Uh, and great to see you, by the way, Steve. Thanks for the call. Um, but Fannie Willis, I think, has undermined every single one of these phony cases. I'll explain more after this. This is the Montana Economic Minute. California is home to many very smart, in some cases, very rich people. It also contains some of the most expensive and dysfunctional housing markets in the country. In San Francisco, for example, approval for a recent residential project required 87 different permits, a thousand days of meetings, and a half million dollars in fees. There's got to be a better way. Here's one for you with thought of, starting over from scratch. California has a wonderful climate and is home to high-tech industries that rule the world. So why not, some of those high-tech folks thought, buy up some developable land and build a brand new city. And that's exactly what they're doing. On the outer reaches of the Bay Area, the newly announced California Forever Project envisions a city that can ultimately house 400,000 people, built with less parking, more density, and more multimodal transportation corridors. In other words, an urban planner's dream come to life. Can it compete with traditional cities? And housing it can't do much worse. I'm Patrick Berkey. Brought to you by the University of Montana Bureau of Business and Economic Research. Saving you money, I'm Hillary Barsky. When you take a look at all the subscription services that you've signed up for, it's probably a good idea to ask yourself, do you really need to keep paying for them? Perhaps it's time to review what you have and see what you can trim, like that streaming service which has gone up in price. Determine which ones you watch and ditch the ones you don't. Or how about all of those shopping memberships? You might be an Amazon Prime member which offers a batch of 
perks, including exclusive deals on online purchases. But do you have to be a year-long member? Instead, think about canceling your Prime service and signing up closer to the time when Amazon offers sales for Prime Day, Black Friday, or the end of the year. Or how about that gym membership you might not be using? Or if you're paying a monthly charge for cloud storage, say with Google Drive or Dropbox, you might want to consider a free service instead. And don't forget to go through those mobile apps you signed up for, but don't use or music subscriptions. Saving you money, Hillary Barsky, Fox News. Taking your calls live, 406-294-0970. This is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. All right, let's see. we got a message on our Montana Talks app here from Right On John in Bozeman. Right On John, thanks for the message. And that reminds me, before I talk about Fannie Willis and, and how she really is uh, putting a spotlight on how phony every single one of these indictments are against Donald Trump. Before I get to that, I do want to talk about the illegal aliens in Denver and how they're overwhelming uh, the city of Denver, uh, you know, I would say our neighbors to the south, but, you know, a hop, skip and a jump over Wyoming away uh, on the local news this morning. Another illegal immigrant killed another American. Wake up, Democrats. That's the message from right on John. Yeah. In, in Bozeman, there was the, the guy recently sentenced on homicide charges who killed a man. Uh, apparently, it was something involving his wife, but uh, a legal alien killed a man in, in Bozeman. So there's another illegal alien going through the criminal justice system in Bozeman. What is it with all the illegal aliens going through the criminal justice system in Bozeman, Montana? You've had, you had the, the meth fentanyl dealer. Actually, that guy got busted, uh, I think, in Billings, but, but he was connected to some of the drug uh, cartel rings in, in Bozeman. You had, uh, and then another guy with a similar last name, another illegal alien, I think was busted over in Missoula for something. And then you had the two wrong way uh, drunk drivers uh, busted on the interstate who two separate incidents were two illegal aliens. Uh, anyway, just multiple stories about illegal aliens getting arrested for additional crimes committed in, in Bozeman, Montana or here in Montana on top of the crime of just coming into this country illegally, of course. So it just makes you wonder, if that many are getting busted for crimes, how many are here that we don't even know about, that we don't even hear about? Denver, Colorado, here you go, Denver, Colorado, or for, you know, for some of you uh, folks for, uh, from Seattle or San Francisco, Denver, Colorado, it's Colorado, just like it's Bozeman, it's not Bozeman, it's Bozeman, it's Colorado, Oh, no, it's not. It's Colorado. In fact, if you really want to get uh, snippy about it, it's Colorado. It's down in Colorado. Remember when we used to say Colorado instead of Colorado? Uh, uh, yeah, the hospital's getting overrun down there by illegal aliens. Still drives me nuts that they call them migrants instead of illegals, but here you go. Denver Health CEO Donna Lynn notes that they can't continue to operate under these financially challenging conditions as this humanitarian crisis rages on. City leaders are requesting federal funding to help. Last year, more than 8,000 migrants made about 20,000 visits to Denver Health for a variety of medical reasons, including childbirth, dental emergencies, malnutrition, and mental health disorders. The city estimates more than 36,000 migrants have arrived in Denver over the past 13 months and 
and many are in desperate need of medical care. Denver's mayor says city officials are evaluating how to cut 10% across all city agencies, including parks and rec and public safety, to offset money being spent to help the migrants. Christina Coleman, Fox News. Wait a minute. We were told that if hospitals are being overrun, that you're supposed to shut down hospitals for, for care of elective surgeries, that you're supposed to shut down schools, you're supposed, supposed to shut down school sports, you're su supposed to shut down all of American society if the hospitals are in danger of being overrun. Now you've got hospitals in Denver that actually are being overrun by illegal aliens, but yet they're not shutting down the traffic of illegal aliens coming across our southern border. No, 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 no. See, they, they only want to shut you down. And shut your kids down and shut down America. They don't actually want to shut down uh, the southern border. Uh, let's see. Uh, we'll talk more about southern border and why, yes, they should shut it down to shut down our southern border. I think we can all agree on that one. Uh, let's uh, let's go back to this. Uh, these absurd uh, you know, indictments and charges against uh, former President Donald J. Trump. Let's see, where did I put Here we go. Here it is. This was uh, uh, Congressman Jim Jordan, Ohio Congressman and Judiciary Committee Chairman Jim Jordan. He was on with Trey Gowdy on Fox uh, Sunday night, last night. And Trey Gowdy, who is, of course, a prosecutor, who is a, a district attorney, similar to our county attorneys here in Montana, before he was in Congress, Trey Gowdy made a great point about Fannie Willis hiring her boyfriend, to be one of the prosecutors against Donald J. Trump. And then she gave him 600, her alleged boyfriend, and then she gave him $650,000 in taxpayer funds to prosecute Trump. And then they went on nice little vacations together. Apparently, that guy's uh, wife, because I don't think the divorce has been finalized yet, apparently that guy's wife in their divorce proceedings she has now intervened in this complaint against Fannie Willis as well. And and basically she's piling on talking about how Fannie Willis has been lying and and how, yeah, she's been doing all sorts of crap. Anyway, that one's pretty interesting as well. But first, here's Jim Jordan and Trey Gowdy last night. Speaking of a full hour, there's a soap opera called The Young and the Restless. And I, honestly, that's what I thought I was reading about. But it's really Fulton County DA Fannie Willis being accused of hiring a boyfriend who has no criminal trial experience and other judges that have a few questions for both of them. What do you make of this story? No criminal trial experience, no real experience in what she's saying is the, is the, is the issue here and, and the, the RICO charge she's bringing. And she's paying him more than she's paying the, quote, experts who are part of her team. And, oh, by the way, he built 24 hours straight. I don't know how you do that unless you just go a whole day without sleeping and you're working around the clock, I guess. So, yeah, this is a big concern. We've actually written Mr. Wade, uh, Nathan Wade, the guy she's hired. We want to know who we talked to at the White House. We want to know who we talked to on the January 6th committee. We want to know who he talked to, the correspondence he had with the Justice Department. After all, the, the, the district attorney's office there in Atlanta received $14.6 million in grant money from the federal government to help run their office. We think we have a right to know what's going on here. So we're going to continue to dig into this, as I think also is the state of Georgia, which I think is appropriate because there's a lot of Georgia tax money being used in this ridiculous attack on President Trump. It was 30 degrees below zero in Iowa, and the question I get is, did Jim Jordan still not have a jacket on? And the answer is yes. He didn't wear a jacket. He's tough. He didn't care how cold it was. 
It was great seeing you. Maybe I'll see you, you in too. New Hampshire. Thank you for joining us on a Sunday you night. Bet. And as I mentioned earlier, you won't see somebody in New Hampshire. Uh, <laughs> Joe Biden. That's all, of course, in the name of democracy. Cancel elections. Take Trump off the ballot. Uh, erode signature verification requirements because democracy. President Biden opted to skip the first in the nation primary here in New Hampshire. And as a result, his name will not be on the ballot tomorrow. That means in order for Biden to win the Democratic primary, people are going to have to write his name in. Democrats have been holding write-in Biden events throughout the last recent days. Even if Biden does win, he won't get any of the state's 10 delegates. And that's because no delegates will be awarded on the Democratic side. This is punishment for New Hampshire for violating Democratic party rules by holding the first in the nation primary, even though the DNC picked South Carolina to now go first because it has a more diverse Democratic voter base. All right. Uh, so uh, Joe Biden skipping out on New Hampshire. How many Democrats would e even would even want to vote for Joe Biden right now, giving the mess that he has he has created in this country and all over the world? Uh, now you, you're physically asking them to you're asking them to physically go in and take an extra step of writing his name in when many of them they may not even want to just, you know, check the box, let alone actually be forced to write in his name. I mean, could you just see these people? Writing it, Joe Biden. I mean, they'd have tears streaming down their face because he's such a train wreck right now of everything that's happening in this country. And, and you know, they're probably scared as heck that the Democrats are going to lose the White House because of the failures of the Biden administration. Right? They'd be writing in the name, but, but the teardrops would, would, you know, blur the ink. They couldn't even read the write-in name by the time they, they counted votes. It, uh, that's probably what it would look like. All right. Stephen Ballantyne told you Florida Governor Ron DeSantis officially dropped out of the presidential race over the weekend. We've got audio of, of President Trump and his immediate response uh, to that news. Uh, plus much, uh, much more to get to. Uh, man, we're going to have a lot more coverage uh, that we're going to want to share with you coming up in the 7 and 8 o'clock hours of the program as well. Uh, but anyway, uh, now that Ron DeSantis is out. So is his nickname. You remember that nickname that Donald Trump came up with for him? Will I be using the name Ron DeSantimonious? I said that name is officially retired. <laughs> All right. So the uh, the Ron DeSantimonious nickname is officially retired, according to President Trump. Let me see. We got uh, something else quick for you here. Uh, oh, uh, the other thing that that Jim Jordan uh, soundbite that I played for you, by the way, he also talked about the Hunter Biden news. So Hunter Biden, uh, his, his legal team has now finally agreed uh, to, to show up for that subpoena and uh, face some questions. Jim Jordan calling it a, a win for the House GOP. It is a win for the House, I think. Um, and we had good negotiations with his counsel, and he's, he's coming in, which is the way you want it to work, because you want to get the testimony. Whether he'll exercise a privilege or not for some of the questions, we'll find out. I think we're going to see a delay a game. Another delay a game. That's that's all Hunter Biden is trying to do here. He wanted to show up with his little stunt on the hill. He's going to delay the game, not answer any real questions, I'll bet. Turn up your radio. Here's the Sean Hannity Morning Minute. And these polls, Trump has now increased his lead over Nikki Haley in New Hampshire. According to the results of the latest Suffolk University Boston Globe tracking poll, 
Trump at 52 percent. It's two percentage points higher than he had when he polled the first two days of the poll. Haley, meanwhile, dropped uh, a percentage point, landing at 35. Uh, Governor DeSantis, who I don't really think is going to be competing in New Hampshire, is a distant third at six points. Uh, my guess is he's probably going straight to South Carolina, where, you know, for a lot of candidates, South Carolina becomes do or die. Now, Win, lose, or draw, uh, South Carolina, that primary is going to be very important to Nikki Haley because that is her home state. Check out the Sean Hannity radio show later today, right here. Does your current trophy wife want a life insurance policy three times the size of your previous mistakes? Relax and call Big Lou at Term Provider. Big Lou says if you're in your 50s, even a bit porky, a $1 million term life policy should only cost about two to 300 bucks per month. Call Big Lou at 800-529-2856. Remember, Big Lou's like you. He likes trophies, too. For affordable life insurance, call 800-529-2856. Doctors take Field of Greens for their own health. Here's Dr. Ryan Green to explain. We're like you. Too much fast food, not enough exercise. That's why I take Field of Greens. The fruits and vegetables in Field of Greens support my heart, lungs, kidneys, and metabolism for weight loss. And Field of Greens promises your doctor will notice your improved health or your money back. Get 15% off with promo code radio at fieldofgreens.com. That's promo code radio at fieldofgreens.com. Product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. I'm Chad Pergram with the Speaker's Lobby. Some Republicans criticized Democrats last fall for not intervening to help former House Speaker Kevin McCarthy save his job. Granted, it is not the role of the minority to salvage the majority party speaker, and it's doubtful that Republicans would have ever voted to help former Speaker Nancy Pelosi if she was on the ropes. But a handful of House Democrats say they'd step in to assist House Speaker Mike Johnson if push ever comes to shove. Democrats say they would be willing to consider helping Johnson if the Speaker set up a special agreement with House House Minority Leader Hakeem Jeffries. Democrats would want more power and a voice in legislation. A senior House Democratic leadership source said they would have helped McCarthy in the fall had he ever extended the least bit of an olive branch to the Democrats. Or as the source put it, quote, even winked at the Democrats. Some House conservatives are now getting restless about potentially trying to oust Johnson if he doesn't satisfy their demands. All it takes is one member to make a motion to have a vote to vacate the speakership. Johnson never tried to change the House rule since he became speaker. Zero five hundred. Brought to you from the Montana Hot Springs Spas and Saunas Live Well Feel Better Studio. Serving the great state of Montana, from the peaks of the Beartooths to the banks of the Clark Fork River, this is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. Hi, coming up in the 7 o'clock hour, of course, we've got Evelyn Pyburn with the Big Sky Business Journal. Every Monday, we get back to business, talk business news, economic news, and plus, she always has some really good political and public policy insight as well. So we'll have that coming up for the first half of the 7 o'clock hour of the show. And then after that, as it stands right now, let me do a quick uh, recon here. Oh, plus I see another message just it just came in. Uh, yeah, as it stands right now, uh, after our chat with Evelyn Pyburn, after that, we've got the phone lines open for at least the next hour or so. Anything and everything you want to talk about. 
Uh, and oh, and then yeah, it looks like we've got it confirmed. I've got a, a guest, uh, uh, Travis. I'll shoot you the info on that one. A guest that's going to call in at uh, around eight forty this morning. You guys may have seen this video get shared around on social media. There's a, there's a a family in Glasgow, Montana, that basically says that 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 uh, well, I'll, I'll share the full story. But but they say that 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 they're forcing their daughter uh into a uh, a transition into one of these uh you know gender transitions uh through social services so crazy story we're going to talk with krista colstead around eight forty this morning and then in the nine o'clock hour evan wilson a great pollster vice president for more information group a montana kid Billing senior high school graduate. Uh, we're going to talk. Did you see this? The University of Montana's uh, School of Forestry and Conservation. It's no longer the Forestry School. Now it's becoming the Environmental Wacko School, apparently. But they threw out this garbage survey claiming that Montanans are more tolerant of wolves. We're going to have a guy who does surveys for a living break down why this thing is so absurd in the 9 o'clock hour. So that'll be good. We can probably talk about the Senate race and more. But first, President Trump. Uh, he was on the Fox Weekend Show reacting to the the news that Ron DeSantis was withdrawing from the race. Well, I, look, he worked very hard. It's a tough go. And he worked hard. His wife is a terrific woman. They both worked very hard. And he endorsed me in dropping out. He endorsed me. So I appreciate that very much. And I think we'll do very well. I think we were headed to a very big victory on Tuesday, just like in Iowa. And I think maybe now it even gets to be bigger because most of those people are going to go with me, I suspect. So, Kaylee, um, you know, you can hear in his tone, I asked him a couple of times if he had spoken with the Florida governor. There was a lot of acrimony between these two candidates for a very long time. We know that President Trump felt that it was very disloyal. He used that word a lot about Ron DeSantis. There was a moment in all of this when Governor DeSantis was leading in the polls. Beginning of 2023, he was number one in New Hampshire. Now he was in single digits. He said there was clearly not a path for him. Um, but I, I was very interested to hear that there had not been a conversation, no discussion, at least at this point, about campaigning together. I asked him if there might be a role for DeSantis potentially in his administration. He said we're not there yet in terms of that kind of discussion. So really no communication is the takeaway from the interview that I just did at this point, which is interesting. So we'll see where that goes. But he also acknowledged, President Trump acknowledged, and I think you're going to hear him do that again here in moments, how hard it is, how hard this process is, how much families and uh, and candidates commit to all of this. And I think, you know, it was, it was an acknowledgement that he understood if perhaps the statement wasn't that, you know, sort of warm and cozy and endorsing from Governor DeSantis. He said in the statement, you know, I, I said I would endorse the, the lead candidate, and that's what I'm doing. So we'll see what happens. It'll be interesting to see what happens between these two uh, very strong char characters, very strong candidates, Governor DeSantis of Florida and President Trump, who wants to be president again. Um, difficult relationship to be sure. And today marks a new chapter in it. We'll see where it goes from here, you guys. All right. All right. There you go. That was Martha McCallum kind of breaking down her interview with President Trump as well. Senator J.D. Vance out of Ohio, he was on Fox News Sunday and he was talking about, uh, you know, Trump's baggage versus Nikki Haley's baggage. Uh, pretty interesting points that uh, J.D. Vance made. So hopefully we'll get to that in seven o'clock hour, if not maybe the eight o'clock hour.